welcome to the Intentional Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Ange Barnard, and today's podcast episode is for those who are considering making a career switch. Maybe you're starting to feel like you're dreading the work that you're doing, or you just feel like in your heart you were meant for more, right? Or that this is no longer for you. Any of that stuff showing up, then you want to listen to this episode. So what's been happening lately is I feel like God's been putting this on my heart that I need to share more stories around what is possible. And my mission in life is to help other people be an example of what's possible when you believe for more and you take intentional action. So this story that you're going to hear is from Hannah, who was a past client of mine. I worked with her for almost six months. We worked on helping her transition out of the career that she was in and into doing work that she enjoyed more that aligned with her strengths and values and all of that stuff. And I actually met Hannah through Happen to Your Career. So I got to get a shout out to Happen to Your Career for making that connection. But Hannah has been able to just transform her life so much. And it's so cool because she's so vulnerable about how she felt before she started coaching and then what happened throughout. And I'm just going to like quickly just I'm just going to ruin this for you guys. (laughs) She's going to share this. But even through her journey, she was able to help her husband negotiate and get a higher salary through the tools that she learned from us working with each other. And I think that's so awesome because I really believe when you bet on yourself and you take bold, courageous action, it's not only going to improve your life, it's going to improve other people's lives too. You know, the people that are around you that you interact with because your energy is going to shift and there's a ripple effect with that. So I just wanted to quickly point that out. Um, And this whole concept of borrowing belief You know, one of the things that I do very intentionally when I want to achieve a goal in my life is I find someone who has been successful at doing the thing I want to do. It's almost like like in this situation has been successful at making a career switch into a completely different field. Right. You get to hear this story. I look at other things I'm working on in my life. I find someone with a success story doing something similar I want to do. And I listen to that story because I want my brain to see evidence of what's possible. I want to borrow that belief, right? And I want to hold on to see, like to to motivate my own brain to move forward. You got to keep doing that for yourself. Because once the brain sees, whoa, wait, that could could be my story too. Like I can make this change too. Then you're going to be more likely to take action because there's already resistance there. So you got to motivate your own self. And the way that you do that is often through other people's story. And this brings up in Commit to Your Vision, one of the things we do in that program, which I'll let you know when the next um, option to join the program is. And I got to say, we got bonuses, mad bonuses up in here with the next Commit to Your Vision program where you get three one-on-one coaching sessions for the cost. The cost of the program is like you get basically those three coaching sessions for free where it's like less than what you would pay separately for the three coaching sessions. But it's like a 10-week program. Come on now. Come on now. Anywho, um, what I want to say about this is in Commit to Your Vision, you know, one of the things that we do is after you get clear around what it is that you want to focus on, you make your BIAC tab recipe. And a big part of that is looking at the habits that you need to develop to be who you want to be. And a lot of that work may involve you studying people 
that are already doing the things that you want to do and hearing their habits and the different strategies that they used. That's how you become intentional in your life and you actually bring the dreams you have on your heart into reality, right? You can't stay in the mode of just wishing and dreaming. You got to act like the person that you want to be. And the way that you act like the person you want to be is you hear stories about the people that you want to be more like and you start acting like them, right? You start building the habits of them. That's really how it works. Okay, so I digress. So we're going to get right to it. Um, Hannah's going to start off by just simply telling us how she felt before, before she made this transition. And then we're just going to get right into it. And I love her story because you're going to be able to relate. I think if you're, if you're in a situation where you're wanting to make a career switch, I think you're going to relate to some of the things that she says that she was experienced. Because I remember, I laugh right now thinking about one of the things she says, because I remember being that person. So anyways, we'll just get right to it. Here's Hannah talking about how she felt before she made this career transition. I kind of was running into these issues of like, you know, waking up in the morning and just being like, oh, I'm dreading going to work. Mm -hmm. You know, I really think the work that I do is important, but it's just, I'm, I'm getting out of work and I'm, I'm feeling so stressed. And at that point too, like, um, I had like a lot of physical stuff going on as well, like stomach aches, things yeah. like that. Yeah, it was nauseous. manifesting like yes. in your body. The stress is manifesting in your body. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so all of that was like, oh, like a lot of stuff and just feeling really tired. I think a lot of people might deal with that with stress is just feeling like a lot of fatigue. Um, mm-hmm. So then I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take a little break. So I took a little break from that role. Um, but then kind of this like feeling started creeping back in of like, well, I spent, you know, so much money investing in this really specialized degree. Um, and I'm like, I don't know if I can transfer my skills anywhere else. Um, and so, yeah, so then it kind of kept creeping back in. I'm like, well, maybe if I try a different place and maybe if I do remote or maybe if I try to fix all these factors, you know, about the role. Um, and so then I went back into another role, stayed there for um, several months. And then again, kind of these feelings kept creeping in where it was like, I was so tired at the end of the day, you know, I'm like eating a corn dog over the sink. Yes. <laughs> oh, I've been there. Yes. It's like at the end of the day, you feel so tired and you know that you're, it's just like all draining your energy. Mm-hmm. And then you just start making like around your health choices too. You're just, just yeah. like, whatever. At the end of the day, I'll eat whatever's here. And it's just because you're so exhausted right. at that point. Right. You're just like zombified. You're just like mm-hmm. stayed sitting there eating the corn dog, like very <laughs> <laughs> not present in your own life. Um, yep. And yeah. And then it was like really creeping in into just like, not being able to relax on the weekends, you know, working mm-hmm. on the weekends, feeling like I couldn't get everything done. And then it impacting, you know, um, my relationships too. So all of this kind of came to a head and I, you know, I got to the point where I was working with a therapist for a long time about just like mental health issues from, from my job. And we kept coming back to this place of like, what are the consistent triggers for you, for your stress? Mm-hmm. And it was always work-related. Yeah. And so we got to this point where it was like, 
um, she could no longer help me in the like technical aspects of making a career switch, of making a career transition. And I do think that's like important, I think, for people to know is because like career stuff, it gets all wrapped up. There's mental health, there's physical yep. health, all of these things. And so if you get to a point where you're like this specialized person, like let's say a therapist can't help me with like redoing my resume, redoing my LinkedIn, you know, thinking about what careers would fit for me, then that's the point where like, in my experience, I would encourage you to seek out someone who's more skilled in that area, like a career coach, like yourself. Yeah. So all that to say is I got to that point and I was like, I can't, I'm like, I'm hitting my head against the wall here. I can't keep going into positions and then leaving them because of the burnout and stress. Like I need some path forward for myself where um, I can be looking at what I really want to do instead of just being like, I'm forced to do this thing because I got a degree in it. Yeah. Or like finding the next thing just to get you out of this thing. And it's not as intentional and taking you in the direction that you want to go. Mm-hmm. And I love that you shared how you were working with a therapist too, because I would say 90% of the people I coach around career and life stuff also have a therapist at the same time. So it's mm-hmm. very common. And it's, I think it really helps you because you have that support that you need from any of the other stuff going on, the childhood stuff that we all have, all of those <laughs> things, relationship stuff, all that. You're getting the support there, but then you're also help have the expertise of someone to help you do the things to move forward in your career. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's so good that you were so intentional about having all the support that you needed. So then you start coaching Mm -hmm. and you come in and you're like, I (laughs) don't know what I want to do with my life. Right? Yeah, I came in guns a blazing. Um, I think it was it was the springtime. Yeah, about like six, six or months ago or end end of the school year last year. And I decided I was like, I'm going to invest in coaching. I'm going to make the move. I have like a lot of faith in this partially out of desperation, but also partially (laughs) because I loved you guys so much. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to do it. And in that moment, when I decided that I was going to pursue coaching, I left that role and I was like, I'm going to be a nanny for a couple of months. (laughs) Yeah. And you were traveling a lot during that time. I remember that. So that was awesome. That because that was something on your heart that you wanted to do and no better time to do it than while you were in transition. And yeah. And you had a remote thing that you were doing for, but you were doing some stuff in between making things work. I was hustling. I was was like, and you know, having, making that move being like, I'm working towards a new career. I'm working towards figuring out what like aligns with my values, what I want to do. It, it just took a lot of pressure off me. So I'm like, I can make the money that I need to make, but also focus on this. And then you said, yeah, we traveling, my husband and I, we went to Ecuador for six weeks and we would have never been able to do that mm-hmm. before. We were like, let's go and then continue to work on our career search too there. Oh, I love it because there's so there are so many of my other clients have done similar things where they have left their role because they're like they knew that they were not going to stay in that role. Mm-hmm. And they were already proud of themselves that they were taking 
action towards the direction they wanted to go. Like they invested in coaching and they thought, what a great time for me to also travel in between. And Mm -hmm. I felt like they just, their old self wouldn't have allowed themselves to do the travel that they wanted to do because they would have felt more guilty about it. But in this case, they knew they were investing resources to go down the path they wanted to. So like emotionally freed up their mind to be able to do add the travel in. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like freeze up your mind. And now looking back on it, um, both my husband and I were in education and we just through the pandemic and everything, there was just a lot of like, um, I don't know, fatigue and trauma. And we were Mm -hmm. like, we really needed that time to just like disconnect and I know heal sounds maybe like a little cheesy, but heal from like all the stress, just the chronic stress that we were dealing with. We needed that time to do it. Um, and we even now we're just like, those were amazing six weeks. Like it was just yes. so. And it's like, you needed that energy shift. Mm-hmm. And I have worked with clients where. I just got asked this question the other day around like, should I leave my job before I get my next job? And that's always like a question that people have. And I think I always say it depends on your situation because in some cases, if you left, it could cause way more stress on you and shift your energy even lower. Like let's say the financial means means wouldn't be met. Whereas Mm -hmm. like in some cases they're like, no, I could be okay financially but energetically, like I need to let this go because I got to open myself up and it was too heavy what they were dealing with, you know? Yeah. So I say that because decision to make. Yeah. And it's not yeah. the same for everyone. So if you're listening now and you're like, you're hearing Hannah's story where she did leave her past role and then went and traveled and did the stuff and it opened things up for her to focus. I also want to add that I have other people who sometimes we just move them into another role like the bridge roll in between just to like shed the energy from the other place and get into this other place. And it's a total temporary thing. So the point is I'm making is that it's totally personalized on the person. And it always comes back to what is best for your energy and your situation. I I would fully agree with that. And I think for me, I just felt like I'm like, I need a radical change because mm-hmm. I had been trying to make small changes, adjustments, like how, you know, if I was going to be full-time or part-time dealing with, you know, like, could I be hybrid? I had made so many tiny adjustments that didn't seem to be working that I was like, I need a huge change in my life to like, feel like I'm kickstarting something new so I could like have hope for the future. And sometimes people need that. And then other times it's better for them to make those small changes, you know? Mm-hmm. And for you, what I love and I hear when you're say, telling us this is that you really listen to your own intuition around that. You're like, I needed this. Like you knew what you needed. And a lot mm-hmm. of times when people text me, I have three text messages probably about the situation right now about <laughs> leaving the job and stuff like that. I often ask, what do you think is best? What mm-hmm. do you think? And really like tapping back into their intuition because you already know. But what you're seeking from me usually when you do this stuff is the validation around what it is you already know. <laughs> so I like to go back to that. Um, the Oh, okay. I won't get into this yet because I was about to talk about Joe, but I'm not going to yet. Okay. So which is um, Hannah's husband, by the way, but we're going to talk about him later. All right. So yeah. So um. 
you go on your trip and stuff, and then you are still focusing on your coaching stuff and you're figuring out what it is that you wanted to do next, because you came in where you didn't know exactly what was like, you had no idea what you wanted to do when you came in. No. And you know what? I was one of those people that like, when I was a kid, I was like, I know exactly what I want to do. Like, I was always like, I want to be in mental health or psychology in some way. Like I was that kid who was like, reading the personality psychology books and like <laughs> how to deal with, um, you know, resolving conflict and all of that. So I had a really clear idea. And then everybody, my family and friends were always like, Hannah wants to be a psychologist and she's in mental health. So it was really hard for me to get to that point where I'm just like, this is what I thought I've always wanted to do. And then getting there and being like, this does not fit. And having mm-hmm. to grapple with this like identity that I had always lived with and created and then having to shift over. So that like whole idea of like, what are you going to do next? That was so frightening to me. <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense, especially when you invest so much of your time and your energy, your resources towards that field. And then mm-hmm. you're working in it and you're like, this is not the life that I want. Like, that's right. really scary. And then you think that there are no options for you because this is what you did. And a lot of times you don't even know what your options could be. Like so many yes. people that I work with are like, I, I don't even know what is out there. And then a big part of our process is for you to figure out what it is out there. And then you gain mm-hmm. more clarity, you know, as you're starting to learn more about what is out there. So for you in the journey, you got clear around your strengths, your values. We talked about your vision, what you wanted your life to look like, um, yeah. even considering what you wanted your relationship to be like, all of that stuff, how you wanted to travel or have the freedom that, you know, how specifically you wanted your freedom to look, because I know that's different mm-hmm. for everyone or your day to look. Um, so we got all that clarity. And I want to say something too, like we got clarity but didn't you still feel like when you were talking to people, you weren't crystal clear, right? Um, crystal clear on like what I want wanted in terms of career or? Yeah. Like when you started talking to people, did you feel like you were, I'm 100% clear of what I want to do with my life? No. Or did that come? Right. So that came after you started talking to people. And even now, like it, you can see where. I'm, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but like, I'm thinking like where even with what you're doing, don't you feel like the more you're involved in something, the more you even get clearer and clearer and clearer? Yes, totally. I think it's like what was transformational for me is just being like, like detaching from the job title, the job description, because we ascribe so many, like, this is what my life will be like when I have this job title. Right. And it's really coming towards more of the end of like, what do I value? What do I care about? What do I want my day-to-day life to look like? What do I want my life to look like in 10 years? You know, whether that be financially or what you're doing. So it's more about building the profile of like, this is what Hannah wants. And then you're filtering out all the opportunities that don't match with this profile. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So first step is you get clear on ultimately the vision and what you want your life to be like. And then that helps you figure out what aligns with it. So then you started looking at opportunities that would fit in with how you wanted to live your life. And then that's Mm -hmm. how you ended up with wanting to be a recruiter 
given mm-hmm. your personality, your strengths, the flexibility that's there. And then you got a lot of that clarity too, from talking to recruiters. Yes, I did. I did. And that was fun. Um, I called up a lot of recruiters on LinkedIn and recruiters are really kind people generally. Um, so they were like really open to having conversations with me. And I would just be like, what's your favorite part of your job? You know, what are things that you struggle with or what are challenges? And it was so nice to hear just their authentic perspectives about their role. Um, because that was helpful for me in terms of like, could I see myself in the way that I want to live my life within this role? Um, because recruiting, honestly, I had never even really thought about it. Um, mm-hmm at all as like a career path. But then when I was thinking, I was like, I love connecting with people. I love helping people. Um, and knowing for myself too, that I was like, I don't want to go back to school. That was something big that you and I talked about. Cause I was like, I don't want to invest more time, um, and a lot of money <laughs> into, uh, getting another degree, which I think a lot of people who are going through career transitions, that's where their mind goes. It's like, well, I got to go back to school. Yeah. Oh, I didn't want to do. <laughs> yeah. And that's a very common thing that people tell me is like, oh, I, I don't want to go back to school. And a lot of times it's because they may even still be carrying some of the debt like they've had from school. And oh, there's yeah. all like, you know, all that stuff. So um, and plus timing wise, they're like, I'm 30 something years old. Like some of the people I work with are 40, whatever, yeah. however old you are, 50. And they're like, I don't want to go back to school. So are is there another option for me? So that brought me up to um the point around money. Mm-hmm. And I feel like not many people talk about this, but the investment in coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, what came up for you, keeping it real, when you <laughs> knew, like when you saw coaching, like how much money you would spend on coaching? Like, how did you get past the hurdle of like making that investment? Cause I know that that's really hard for people. Yeah, it was hard. Initially, um, I was like creeping around around coaching for a while. Like I, I saw, um, you know, you and HTYC and all of that. I saw the podcast mm-hmm. and all of that. And I was like, I love the resources. I would love to work with them. And then every time I scrolled down to like the pricing page, it was just like, like putting a pin in a balloon, just like, but like, oh, yes. <laughs> it seems so exciting and seems so great. But like, how could I ever afford it? Um, And then I just got to the point where I was like, I was trying all of these things on my own. You know, I was working on my mental health with a therapist. I was getting every self-help book under the sun about how to change your career, work-life balance, everything. And I came to a point where I was like, I can't do this alone anymore. I really need an expert who is going to help me do the deep work. And so I was Mm -hmm. like, it is a better investment for me to spend this right now than be underemployed for the next 10 years because I, you know, yeah, <laughs> because and I it, don't like my job. So I, I, the, when I came to that point, I was just like, um, I'm going to be insanely creative about how I'm going to source these funds <laughs> to make this happen. And I did end up making it happen. And it was something that was hard for like me and my husband to kind of agree on. But then once I, you know, gave him my spiel. He was like, yes, 
I'm on board with you. I got you. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. And I've had so many conversations like that with my husband too, where I had to like get him on board with the like, investments I've made. And I've had to be creative around figuring out how to invest in something, but I feel like it's always paid off. And it, but I just want to acknowledge that it can be really uncomfortable, but then you decide mm-hmm. in your mind, you're like, what do I need? And it's more about like, not even just what you need, but who, who do you mm-hmm. need? And it's like, right. you needed that expert person to help you through the process. And then it's also like, what is it worth to you? Like being able to do work that you love, like, what is that worth? And what is really cool is that you basically, you and your husband ended up getting back pretty much your investment in coaching. Mm-hmm. And how did that end up happening? <laughs> Tell yeah, us. So, um, you're just so helpful and you've always been like, Oh, you know, talk to me about your husband, your, you know, your life. So we had kind of already built a relationship. You knew about my life and my husband's also, um, you know, getting out of education and looking for a new role. Um, although he wasn't in coaching at the time. Um, so you were always like, keep me updated on your husband's, you know, job search. I'd love to be of help in any way, which was so sweet to me. And then, um, he actually came across a role that he really liked. And we were actually in Ecuador at the time we were at like a surfing camp and he's like, (laughs) I got wrong. Like, so he got his offer and it was quite a bit lower than what he, he had wanted. And I told you about it. I texted you from my, <laughs> my iPhone in Ecuador, you know, in between like surf lessons. And I was like, this is what he got. And, you know, like, do you have any advice? And you helped like craft a message for him to send being like, this is what I'm, you know, hoping to get. And so they ended up negotiating with him um, to have like a $10,000 more than what he would have had. So that was like the cost of coaching right there. And it wasn't even like me, like it it was just like a byproduct of working with you. Um, But it was amazing because like, that's a huge difference, you know, in our budget. Yeah. So that is so cool, Hannah, because not only through this process, did you gain in a sense, $10,000 and it was as easy as I remember Hannah texting me that day and I was in the car with Ian driving somewhere with our cats or something. And I remember typing up the message and I looked over at Ian and I was like, does it sound good, honey? And he's like, yeah, it sounds great. And I, and I, cause I was like, from your perspective as a guy, like, does this sound good? And he's like a hardcore negotiator too. So, but really I'm the one that helps him. Let's keep it real. Anywho, um, what ended up happening is I uh, texted you that and then you guys used that message and it was that easy, right? They came back and yeah, they came back and they were like, yep, let's do it. But we would have never known that it was okay, like to ask for that or like know how to ask for it. And so Mm -hmm. it was pretty amazing. It was just like waving a magic wand and then like, oh, wow. So he has an amazing role and he's super happy with it and all of that. And that's in part due to like, um, you know, your help. Um, Just sending a message, honestly, was amazing. Yeah. And then you think about like your choice to make the investment in coaching, how it helped not only your career, because you ended up getting a job that you really love. Your husband did too. And you guys were able to negotiate and you got way more than your, what you spent on coaching back. Right. Right. So that's the other thing I want people to hear is like, when you heard Hannah say like, she spent $10,000, got $10,000 back um, through that, that one negotiation. 
um, her program wasn't $10,000. So don't freak out. Cause some people might be like, crap, I need $10,000. Like, no, no, it's not $10,000. Um, but anyways, it's so cool to see the transformation that happened for both of you. It's like, I felt like it took you and your husband to step out in faith to make this mm-hmm. investment. Cause it wasn't just about you, you know, when you yeah. decided to pull the money into this, like it was about your relationship too. And that's why I feel like as a coach, I am in your business about your whole life. I really am. And um, you can see where I'm like, what about your spouse? Because I feel like I get it where it's not just about you. And it's really cool to see too, as couples, where even when one person starts getting intentional about their career, it really rubs off on their spouse too, where they start to think yeah. like, oh, I want that too for my life. and Or your energy shifts. And now you're just way more uh, happier and that husband or wife or whoever it is, like they feel that too. Yeah. Your whole circle feels that. So it really impacts all areas of your life. So that's got me thinking about all areas of your life. Um, (laughs) what else has changed for you? Like you got this job, you really love it, but what about other areas as far as your relationships, your health, like all of that stuff, has anything else changed with it? Yeah. I've been really reflecting on that. Um, I, so I have a chronic illness that I actually found out about in grad school. So I was like managing that with all of the stress and everything. And, you know, obviously while I'm like not cured from that, um, I have noticed just physically, I have way less, um, just like aches, pains, nausea, like my physical well-being Cause I was just like my normal was just a high state of chronic stress. Like I feel physically so much better. You know, I still deal yeah. with little things here and there, but I just like, I'm a lot happier. I have a lot more energy. Um, I just can think a lot more clearly. I think when you're under stress, you're just like, don't really have that concentration or that focus. So all those things have just improved like drastically. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, because my husband and I are so much happier in our roles, like we're just kind of like, you know, giggling, like back to like our first yes. you know, days of dating. Like it's fun. We both actually work from home now. So like our desks are right across from each other. <laughs> Can have, you know, some, um, difficulties there, but we get to see each other way more, you know, we yeah. get to like, laugh and all this stuff instead of like being away from each other all day and then having to come back and be like stressed. Plus two, like, I think when you are just happier in your career and you have these little things like stuff, like our chores, like keeping our home clean, all the stuff, planning stuff, it feels like way less of a burden. If that makes sense. It makes total sense. mm -hmm. Because you think about um, what you were describing earlier was like you were carrying all this catabolic energy. And when you think about when it's even it's harder to focus, because I, I like to describe it like when you're generating too much catabolic energy, you're going to feel it in your body, the aches and pains. Other, It's going to manifest in different ways. It will have an effect on your relationships, everything, how you're a- able to focus. It's kind of like where you have like you're talking to me and I'm poking my finger in my ribs and I just keep poking it. It's really hard for me to focus on what you're saying because there's this pain that's happening. And that's how catabolic energy like shows up. And we get like, we carry so much of it. And a lot of times it's from work related things. And then it affects our whole body, the rest of our health. So what you're, what you're just saying pretty much is that when you cleared out that energy that was happening from your work, 
everything else in your life changed and improved. Yeah, it did improve a ton. And it just feels like it's more ruby. It's more spacious. Like there's yeah. more, more space for new things to grow. And too, I was going to say that like, you can't really put a price on this, but it's, you know, it's this sense of sometimes when you're in a career for, you know, that you really um, are struggling with, you kind of lose this sense of agency. Like you lose the sense of like, I have power over my life and I can make things change and it's okay. And so through this process, I feel like I definitely have a stronger, you know, sense of self-agency back being like, it's okay. Like if something comes up in the future that I need to make a total shift from, I can do it. I've done it before. And that's the awesome thing about it. So freaking good. I'm so glad you said that because I hear that so often from people that they're not even when, when they get this new role like their old self, like when they initially start the program or coaching, they'll be like, well, what if I get that job and I don't like it? And what if this, and there's a lot of fear stuff generating, but then after we do the work and you get this job, you're like, you know what? Like I, they literally say to me, they're like, and you know what, Ange, like, even if I'm in this job and there is something I don't like, like, I know what to do. I know how to speak up for myself. I know how to create boundaries. I know that I can do this again. And it's so cool to see because like, that's what it's about is like taking charge of your life, like the whole radical responsibility for your life and just really using the power that you have because so many of us do feel so powerless. But through this experience, you start to realize the power that you have. One of the things that I hear people say is the biggest difference about them is that they're way more bolder than they ever used to be. (laughs) You know, like, and they're going after that, that. their life, like the one that they want. And it's just cool to see. So Um, Another question I have is we know that you ended up getting this job. Yeah. Amazing. Right. Like now you're on the other side (laughs) and you can be like, this is great. My husband has his job too. Right. But there was some hard parts throughout and I want people to know that that's a part of it. So what would you say was like the hardest part of this whole process? Um, Well, I think from reflecting on it, um, Honestly, just telling friends and family that I was making a shift, that was Mm. really hard. I think if you're someone who's has your identity really staked out, um, it's kind of collected into your career or you've invested a lot of time. Let's say you've gone to grad school or whatever. People kind of define you a lot by um, the career that you've chosen. So if you've spent a lot of years studying something and then you decide one day, um, well, not one day, it seems like to people that you're abruptly deciding, but we all know that you've been deciding yes. <laughs> for years in your own mind. Um, that can be really tough. And mm-hmm. that was the, that was the biggest hurdle for me is just being like, I had to come to this resolution, like put my flag in the ground being like, this is no longer for me, you know? Yeah. And having to be really strong in that, not because my family and friends weren't supportive, but they were definitely just confused. Yeah. And they were like, are you sure? You know, all these things. Um, so yeah, coming to that, I guess that certainty for myself and then telling friends and family that was tough. Cause also too, it's like, I think there's some like shame and like guilt wrapped up in that of being like, well, why couldn't I stuck it out? You know, like there, there's stuff where it's just like, you have to let go of that guilt and be like, I tried it. 
Um, you know, I did the best I could. And then ultimately it just wasn't serving me. And then having that resolution to move on, because I think if you're caught in this space where you're like, well, maybe I could try it again or like put it, pinning it on yourself or whatever, you're never going to make it out into something you actually enjoy. Yeah, definitely. So it's the hardest part was full out making the commitment. Cause mm-hmm. for a while there, it was just like, Oh, maybe I can just get through Like you rationalize it. And you're like, yeah. maybe I can just work on my mental health, listen to good music on my way there or whatever before do whatever other things keep quiet me positive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Quiet quit. Um, all oh, the things. <laughs> so, um, we're not advocates for that. Um, so yeah, so there's that, the commitment and then also the fear of what other people will think about you. I think that's a yeah. big thing that holds people back, whether that's your loved ones or your friends or your coworkers or your boss, like a lot of that stuff shows up for people through this process. Yeah. And this is where I want to remind people of the things I always say, like Ronnie Ware's research around the top regrets of the dying. Number one regret is I wish I would have had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. I say that repeatedly to people when they start freaking out about like, well, my boss and I'm like, remember you're the one that's going to be on the deathbed and you can love that person. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, you want to be proud of how you lived your life. And that takes a lot of courage. I wish I would have had the courage. That's why they say that. Cause it takes a lot of courage and you had that courage. Um, so the other thing, since we talked about the hardest part, let's talk about like the proudest moment that you had throughout the process. Mm. Um, I, I guess I would say, oof. well, I was very proud at the end when I got two job offers Yeah, around the same time that made me feel really proud because there was a lot of like, you know, I was transitioning from all of my pretty much all of my work experiences being in, you know, school psychology or mental health, working with children to like becoming a recruiter in healthcare, which is completely unrelated. And with no experience, right? No experience, no experience Mm -hmm. recruiting. So I had to really like knock on the doors, open the doors. So when I finally got to the end and I had those job offers and the salary was where I wanted it to be, and all of these things. And it was with teams that I felt excited about joining. It was just like this, huh, like, <laughs> you're like, is this real life? Like, heaven's like- moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Heaven's opening the sun, shining on me being like, I like did it, you know, even when I felt like a lot of odds were against me, like I got it done, you know? Yeah. You paved yourself on a completely new career path. And it's so easy for people on the outside to say like, no, the opportunity can't happen for you because you don't have this experience. And like we're working remotely. That's not how people start off. Like there's a lot of stories that people have around mm-hmm. transition and opportunities that are available to you. And I always try to remind people like that's their story. What do you want to make your story? And this belief that anything is possible. And you just went freaking after it. And you sent messages and you sent messages and I bet at those times, did you feel nervous sending some of those messages out? I mean, I know the answer to this question. <laughs> I don't know if I, I felt nervous. I did feel like there were times where I was like, is this person really going to take time out of their day to like talk to this person who's maybe interested in recruiting? I guess maybe sometimes I felt a little intrusive, but I was at this point like, when I was in Ecuador, that was when I was like full fledged doing all the LinkedIn connections and like fixing up my resume and really working on that end. 
And I was just like, I'm in a different country. I, you know, I, at that point I was like, I have nothing left to lose. Let's go. Like my boldness was just like at 90% at that point. So I was just like, you know what? Say lovey. (laughs) Yes. And I'm glad you said that. Like you felt intrusive because that's a common thing I hear people say. Like, it's not always just like, oh, I'm nervous about doing this. I'm worried about what they might think. I guess it is related to what they might think. Cause you're like, am I being too intrusive? Like, am I being like, it's almost like that too bold kind of thing. But then you get to this point where you're like, I don't even care anymore because I'm just here to live my best life. I'm do whatever it takes because it is worth it. I'm going to let them think whatever they want about me if I send this message. And you just went after it and you were so bold. And the other thing I remember through our process, when you initially started sending messages, you would like type them out. I'd be like, Hannah, you do not talk like that. Like <laughs> talk like you talk. And then you're like, oh, I, I could, I can send a message like how I really talk. And it's like, yeah. And then when you were like true Hannah, that's when all this stuff started opening up for you. Yeah. It was just like, like, I, I guess the good word for it in my mind is like, just having the audacity to do it. You're like, I have the audacity to send. Um, I remember sending this really wild cover letter where I was like quoting, you know, um, a quote from <laughs> the office. And like, I made it really kind of like, um, I love, you know, comedy and things like that. So I made it a little comedic. I wasn't super formal about it, Um, but I ended up getting an interview out of that cover letter. And I was like, wow, this is like fun and exhilarating. And um, I can, you know, be myself um, and find, you know, a company that is willing to, well, not willing, but just excited by somebody who, you know, has my kind of strengths and things like that. Yeah. And your sense of humor. It's like when you decided to be your true self, like that's that energy there that made the whole thing fun. It's like that mm-hmm. attracted the things that aligned with it. Cause you wouldn't even have wanted to attract an opportunity where you felt like you couldn't be yourself. And I think a lot of times we get in our mind about it. We're like, Ooh, well, I probably shouldn't say that. Cause it's like unprofessional to send a quote from the office, you know, but you're like, this is my real self. Like I laugh <laughs> about these things. And they were so impressed by that. And that's how you ended up with two different opportunities. And then yes. when you decided the opportunity, like, what was it that really, like when you were looking at both of them and, you know, both opportunities, like, what were you using to evaluate would be like the best opportunity for you? Hmm. I think um, company culture was definitely one of them. And I definitely wanted, I wanted to be remote fully. So that was something mm-hmm. that I was, I was thinking about. And then between the two of them, um, I knew that I wanted to start by a certain time and like have that financial support by a certain time. So that also factored into it. Um, but I think because I was so intentional at the outset of being like, this is the kind of company that I want to work for. These are the kind of benefits that I want. This is the kind of work-life balance that I want. All of that. I was able to filter out a lot of things, you know, yeah. so that when I did have the two, I'm like, neither of these are uh, bad choices. They're both. Yeah. And that's why it gets harder. Like when you, cause you've done, mm -hmm. you were so intentional. And then when you end up having the choices, you're like, Oh, but they're both good. But then you thought about your vision. It went back to that. And you're like, I saw myself, not that we're about being all attached to exactly what it looks like, but you were like, you know, I have this vision of me working sooner than later. 
And then right. the other opportunity had a de- like the start date was much later. So that helped you make that decision. So it was still mm-hmm. a decision based on what aligned most with who you wanted to be. So I keep saying this when we're talking to Hannah, because she's like a perfect example of really thinking about who she wanted to be and taking intentional action on it and creating this life for yourself, for not only you, but your husband too. And it's just Mm -hmm. so freaking cool. And the other thing that you did, which I love so much, (laughs) is you even changed. I I remember talking to you about acting like the person you wanted to be. And we were like looking at your LinkedIn profile. And I'm like, like, think, like, if you're the person that you want to be, like envisioning in your mind, what would your profile look like? What would you, what titles would you have on there? And you completely changed all that stuff. And don't you feel like after you did that and you started acting like who you wanted to be, all the opportunities started opening up. Yeah. It's kind of like having that mindset shift being like from going like, well, can I do it? Do I have enough experience to be like, yeah, I can do it. Like selling yourself, you know? And even as a recruiter now, um, I'm looking back and thinking about the strategic steps we took with my LinkedIn and everything like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is gold. Because as a recruiter, if I'm going to your LinkedIn profile, and it, you know, says that you were a teacher for 20 years, right? And you want to move into something different, but that's all that's on your profile. That's all I'm going to see you as. So yep. it's like cast that dream, you know, the vision of who you want to be for the future. And people will start buying into that, that vision that you're casting for yourself. They'll be like, yeah, I do see Hannah as a I think I put on my LinkedIn and I'm an opportunity matchmaker, which is exactly what I am. But, um, but people began to saw me, see me that way and was like, you know what? Yes, she does have these things on her resume, but like, I could see her being that. Yes. And then that's the thing is, you know, the quote, you teach other people how to treat you. You also Mm -hmm. teach people how to see you. And like, that's the thing that you did is like, because if you were having it all about your past on there, just your past, they would only see you as the school psychologist. And they would have been like, I'm confused. Like, what what are you trying to do? But when you put the crown in your head and you were like using titles that were closer to who you wanted to be and you started describing yourself as that person, they saw that in you too. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of us need to do that. We need to put the crown on our head and like be bold more about like who we want to be and act like the people that we want to be. So we can teach other people how to see us. And that's how I made my shifts in my careers is I put the crown on my own head before I wanted to be a consultant. I called myself a consultant. I started acting like one and I'm doing the same kind of work now um, around like my future dreams, like putting the crown on my head kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, And too, like, I think it's a lot about like, like crafting your narrative, like your story, like, and I think it's hard to do that when you haven't done the work of like, what am I passionate about? What do I value? All of those things. So once I got really clear on being like, you know, I love people. I love understanding what motivates them. All these things. I could craft this really compelling narrative about why I wanted to shift into what I was doing. So then when I got to interviews and had those questions, I'm like, yeah, it seems weird that maybe I'm making this shift. But it's not because this is my yes. whole narrative of how I got here. And then people are like, yes, I told that makes sense. Totally makes sense. Oh, I love it because I forgot to mention that, but I thought about that earlier when you were talking about the, the since you were little, you loved the psychology stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, but the thing was, so everybody thought like, Ooh, school psychologist, that's who you should be. Like, that's what, or like, not necessarily school psychologist, but psychologist, that's who you should be. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Someone, some kind of psychologist. And the thing was, is like, that's still you. That's still Hannah. Like she still loves that nerdy science people stuff. Like she still like <laughs> eats it all up. Right. But the thing is now you just wanted to use your strengths and the things that you love in a different way because you use mm-hmm. that in the work that you do now. So sometimes we look back on our past jobs and we think that like, oh, I was in the wrong thing. But like, no, usually the gifts, your strengths and your values led you there. And maybe even it served you for a season, but now you want to use your strengths, your values, your gifts or whatever in a different way. Because I think about when I was younger, I used to love um, helping animals heal. Like I would I'd be like setting up like spots like where I had a little barn and I would have my cutting my rabbit's hair and acting like I was working on them and I'd have like a sick animal and I'd be feeding it certain things to see if it could get better and he would be like oh yeah they'd be like she's gonna be a vet like totally and I'm like later on as an adult like I hate blood I hate any of that stuff I would make the worst vet like I suck at chemistry like I would have never made it through anyways but like the thing is was like um that was not it though what I really loved was doing something and then watching somebody grow or some creature grow. But like I I played a role in the growth process. That's what I really loved. And like, that's how, like, if you think you, that's still there, that's still me. It just looks like coaching now. So sometimes like you need to look back at your past and then you like shape that story. And that's kind of what you did, you know, like when you explained to people, like why you wanted to make the shift, you're like, I still love like, the, the mind and I love helping people and you you do that in the work that you do now you know exactly and just having them have that distinction being like I love helping people and I love like now I get to you know match people to careers and jobs that they love and are really inspirational inspirational to them but in my old role I'm like I just didn't like to be buried in paperwork all the time and people immediately hear that and you're like yes that totally makes sense yeah you know? Exactly. Okay. So um, I have one last question. What did I do as a coach? I lied. I'm going to have a couple of questions. What did I do as a coach though, <laughs> that really helped you through this process? Um, well, I think first and foremost is just, you're very encouraging and you're like a cheerleader in my corner. You know, like there would be sometimes, like I said, when telling friends and family or things like that, And just having your encouragement being like, yes, you got this. You can do this. That was awesome. And then in terms of like other things too, just getting really clear on, you know, my values, my strengths, like talking through those things with me in depth so that I could really get a good sense and having me do exercises like to help me um, figure those things out. Like, for example, one exercise we did was... um, asking for feedback (laughs) from friends and family and coworkers about my strengths. And that was a really awesome thing to like go through and talk about. And then beyond that too, is just um, once we got out of that, like, what do you want to do with your life sort of phase getting into the technical things? So like, how do we make your LinkedIn um, project, you know, who you want to be? How should we format a resume? How should we, you know, um, prepare for interviews or make sure that you're asking the right questions for you in interviews that are true to your values. So like, you know, work-life balance and all of that. So 
yeah, I mean, all the things, all the things you were helpful with. Oh, thanks, Hannah. And I loved how you described it because I I feel like as a coach, I really am like, it feels like I'm your, your buddy. That's like, you can do this. And there's so many ups and downs through the process. And I like, I'm going to be there with you through the whole thing, but I'm also very strategic about the steps yes. that I want you to take. So it's not yes. just like a hype girl. I'm also like your strategy girl too. Exactly. And you know what? That was the one thing I did want to mention too, is that something that I asked from you and that we were a great fit on is I was like, and you know, like, I want to feel like I'm progressing towards my goal in this journey. And my goal was to be shifted out of my role. I was like, I do not want to start in the school year back in my old role. I'm like, I want to be in something new in six months. And you were like, yep ready to take on the challenge. Let's do it. I'm going to make you a roadmap to get there. This is where you need to be. And so like you had that framework for me and because I was fully invested and you were fully invested, we were able to meet that goal perfectly. And I know it won't be the same for everyone, but it is really exciting that we were able to like meet that mark. Yeah. And it's because too, like Hannah, like energy that you brought into it, like you're like, this is what I want. Like, and you were ready to do whatever it took to get there. And that's what it's really about. Like a lot of times through this process, you can be like, oh, will this work for me? And like, I've even heard other coaches doubt themselves where they're like, oh, people are doubting my coaching program. And it's like, no, it's their own stuff that's showing up around doubting their own. Like, can I do this? But I feel like you came in and even though doubts show up here and there, like it does for everybody, you're like, I'm going to do this. Like, I am doing this. Not like, can I do this? I am doing this. And it was like yeah. that energy that like led to the results that you have. Um, okay. So the last question I have for you is for anyone that was in a position like similar to you, like feeling like you felt before you started receiving coaching, what, what would you say to them? Mm. I would tell them, I think I would tell them to just take the leap of faith and be brave. You know, um, you only have one life and I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but you do really only have one life. And if you've been struggling in a career for a while where you're just like, I, I'm stressed, you know, I'm tired. You are dreading going to work, all of those things like make the change. You're going to, once you make the change and you're in your new spot, you're going to look back and be like, I wish I would have done it sooner, you know? Yeah. Um, so just be brave and take the leap um, because it's going to be worth it. I think that that would be my biggest piece. Oh, of I love it. Okay. Now where can we connect with you? Yes. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Hannah Russo. Um, yeah, I would love to connect with anyone. My now with my new career, my my passion is just um, finding roles that really align with people's values and what they want, um, you know, their lives to look like, and then finding companies that have those open roles and just connecting people and introducing them to those things. So definitely hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm specifically working in healthcare administration slash leadership roles. Um, So I have direct knowledge of openings um, in that related field. Awesome. Thanks so much, Hannah, for being on the show. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. I love Hannah's energy. She is so fun to chat with. 
And if you felt inspired by this episode, definitely reach out to Hannah. Let her know. She really, truly loves talking to people. I will put the details of how to reach out to her, how to reach out to me, all that good stuff in the details of this episode. And if you feel like you need help with your career transition or you need clarity around what it is you want to do next or anything like that, feel free to email me. I'm very intentional about who I work with, especially my time because I'm trying to practice what I preach. But I'm definitely here to help you in any way that I can or at least refer another resource to you. Um, so feel free to email me anytime. And if you've been liking the show, please leave a review. If you haven't done so, that helps us reach more people. And also, if you have an amazing story of how much the podcast has helped you and how you've implemented things, I've been getting some amazing emails from people where they're like, because I've been listening to the show, I started this business or I started doing going on trips. And it's just so fun to hear that you're like out there intentionally designing your life. That makes me so happy. All right. So I hope you have an awesome day and I will talk to you soon. Bye.